one what's up everybody thank you for tuning in once again to the unofficial therapy podcast this is chris kane i'm here with the incomparable sloan what's up girl comparable listen you didn't i had to just give it up these intros are getting more and more involved because i really can't compare anybody to you it felt right in the moment so i just went for it thank you i appreciate it now sloan we've known each other for what a few years now something like that yeah Years, yeah, you know, something like that. And you've always had really awesome energy. I'm not like the energy guy because I know that's like a stereotype. Yeah, I just really charge, feel your vibes charge, right now. Do you charge crystals? I don't. <laughs> no. Everyone does in LA. I, I'm not a I'm not a charge guy, but I do pick up on you know people's energy, the people's vibes, and some people you don't want to be around because mm-hmm. they got that that cloud, that eeyore kind of effect and they come over and then some people you see them it's like oh this is gonna be fun yeah and you're one of the fun people so I said we got to get you on the pod to talk your shit let people know kind of how you give it up so give us a little if you had to describe yourself in like a sentence or two how would you do that um oh yeah I would say I am the most relentlessly persistent woman in anything that I say I'm gonna do um, I would also say that I am unapologetically Sloan in every aspect of my life. There you go. Those I are two like, phrases that I feel like I most equate to. I was going to say that's, but that alone backs up what I said on the front end of this podcast. Cause people have heard that and say, okay, she's, um, you're like, I'm going to be me no matter what room I'm in. No matter what room I'm in, no matter who I'm around, no matter whose feelings get hurt, no, no matter what. Because at the end of the day, I got to go to sleep with myself. See, see you, you, you're dropping bars right now. I'm, I'm going to give you some snaps <laughs> early on in the five <laughs> finger snaps. Because, and that's one of the reasons I wanted you to be on today, because I think we're in a time where identity is kind of getting uh, mixed and mastered with what social media is, what income level is, what outside people are saying and a lot of people that aren't grounded well enough in their self and because you've always been who you are since I met you I've mm-hmm. always thought okay that's someone who I know is self-assured I know you have you know doubts and fears like every other person but your identity never seemed to change or waffle even when things may be going on around you so can you can you maybe give some advice or speak to the, yeah, the masses I- yeah, I mean, I teach I teach a lot of kids dance um, from ages like anywhere from five to like 20. Mm. Um, and I tell them even when they're young and I'm like, this is like, it is a true testament. I'm like, you can't get lost in the sauce. Mm. And I'm like, dumb and like cliche and as like basic as that sounds, I'm like, it's so true. Because like, if you think about like symbolically, like whatever the sauce is at the time, whenever people are buying into and whatever society makes you think you have to look like, be like, or social media makes you feel like you have to, it's like this, I always talk about how it's this unrealistic expectation of instant gratification. Yeah. And like people, they are like, oh, I just want to be like so-and-so. I just want to be like so-and-so. I want to do this so I can get closer to whatever this goal is. And I'm like, yeah. that's already been filled homie <laughs> like that spot is t- uh, taken like you know what I'm saying I'm like I'm all about t- teaching 
kids and any of my friends, whenever they're feeling like pressure from anything, I'm like, there is as again, like these cliche phrases that you get raised on. I'm like, you're raised on these things for a reason. Yeah. Like you're taught these things young and they just become more meaningful. The phrase stays the same, but those things start to be more weighted in whatever it is that you're battling. So like, don't get lost in the sauce. I'm like, the spots already, there's no other you like all those dumb ass phrases that you hear. <laughs> and it's like, you know what I'm saying? They're yeah. so dumb, but I'm like, truly, I'm like, there is no other slum. There will never be another slum. Like, why would I want to be somebody else? Why? Like in social media, sure. I'm like, somebody is like, Oh, this is pretty right now. Or this is what pretty looks like right now. Or this is cool right now. Yeah. I'm like, that shit is right now. That's all that is, is just right now. And time is going to do what time does. And time is going to keep moving. That's true. Like fucking Tamagotchis are coming back. Oh, I do remember you know? those things. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> See, they and like, if you'd ask somebody a year ago, if you'd ask somebody a year ago, like, do they like those things are so fucking whack, you know? And then now you're like, oh, now it's cool because society said it's cool. That's but like, really, that's how I live. I live my life like that. I'm like, I don't care if you think this shit's cool. Call me in a few years. I'm already ahead of it. Are you saying you're Sloan 3000? Is that what you're trying to say? I live Sloan 3000 (laughs) every day. How can I be Sloan 3000? I love that. I know. See, listen, I'm here. We're here right now. You know what's funny is that I'm not a fashion person. People who know me know that. I don't really, I don't care. I shop at Ross or I wear my own merchandise, which I'm wearing right now. Sexy comedy tees. And I realized about fashion, a lot of stuff is like tacky until X person wears it. And then people think that's the thing. Like, remember when rompers became a thing? Yeah. Where you saw a bunch of just giant dudes. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just wearing a one piece. I'm like, what, what's happening? What's happening right now? And it or was like, just hot. Or like, that's fine. But like, I wish you'd found it on your own. Like, everything is cool. If you feel like you like I can sell sand on the beach. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I want, that's how I navigate my choices and like what I wear and how I like, you know, my boyfriend is the most simple man. Like he wears, he has got, I think he's got like three pairs of pants, two pairs of shoes, <laughs> like a row of shirts and like, they're all black. You know, and sometimes I get dressed and he's like, babe, what is that? You know, like, and I'm like, oh, you're either going with me in this or you're going by yourself or I'm going somewhere else, but I'm going, I'm leaving the house in this outfit, you know? <laughs> and he's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, I feel so good. And like, even this sweater, he's like, what are you wearing? Waldo, whatever. And I'm like, that, that sweater is dope for the record. That's, a, that's one of the first thing I said, I like the sweater. So. And even you can... if you're like fucking sweaters hideous, I'd be like, that's great. I'm happy yeah. for you. I'm happy you carry that. It's like you you bringing that sweater to the pot. <laughs> He's like, this is how I live. Take it or leave it. Like, all right, you can you can keep it all. I'll, yeah, I'll take it. I think that's like you know, I that's what my like, you know, I always think about like what my legacy is going to be. I think about it all the time. Like, what's my legacy going to be? And not in terms of like I think about like death or like I don't think about those things on a really like gory level. I just like every day when I'm like, okay, I could have been better here. I should have been a better aunt, sister, dog owner, partner, friend, whatever it is. And then I'm like, 
what's my legacy going to be? And not in terms of like career success, but what are my friends going to remember about me? What are, what's my niece going to, what's, what does my niece think when she's like, Oh, my aunt, mm. you know, like, what do those people think? And I actually talked to Reagan about this, which is so crazy. I was like, what do you think people say about you? And somebody's like, Oh, do you know Reagan? And somebody's like, Oh yeah, Reagan, she's blank, blank right. and blank. You know, what do you think those things are? And then she's like, Sloan, what do you think people say? I'm like, I think people say Sloan is funny, Sloan is kind, and Sloan is honest. And I'm like, because yeah. honest, I'm like, honest is like a double-edged sword. Like some people really don't want it. A lot of some people, people Some people really hate, some people really hate the truth and they really struggle with the truth. And I'm like, I can't be around people like that. I need to be around people that are like, you fucked up, you hurt my feelings, you I didn't like this. You know, I need that in my life because it keeps me in check. I'm like, okay, I need to figure shit out. But it's important for people to ask themselves what people say about themselves or people say about them when they're not around. Like, what do you think people like, Chris, what do you think people say about you? I already know. Actually, there's two two parts to this. I'll tell you what I think people say and I'll tell you what they have said. So we did this experiment at Equinox before we closed down last year. And we did like a team building exercise where you wrote everyone, every trainer's name, like on a piece of paper and taped it to the wall. And you got to go around and write one adjective to describe the trainer. All right. This is unfortunate for our new trainers because they had only been there for like a week. <laughs> so it's like new. <laughs> so it's like, uh, newbie, what's your last name again? Yeah. Ranger. Question mark. So we did. <laughs> so we did that at first and I wasn't worried at all. Because I'm like a darker male version of you in a lot of ways. So yeah. I was like, all right, I'm good. I don't, whatever. It's going to be what it's going to be. I looked at it and it was a lot of the same things. Genuine, funny, good listener, empathetic. Um, somebody wrote sexy, but I think it was a, it was a dude's handwriting. I knew, I knew who it was. I was like, I know who that is. I was hoping I would get like more of those, but I only got one. I was like, come on, guys. Like, I've been working out. <laughs> like, oh, I'm hot. I like I just I just got done doing squats. Y'all y'all don't see what I'm doing. <laughs> so I only got one sex. I was like, damn. Um, but it was like charming, fun to be around. There was no negative. Oh, I love charming. Charming is a good one. I feel good about that. Oh, that's a good one. I feel good about that. So, but those were in line with how I feel about who I am. Because I yeah. am I'm the honest friend in my group of friends, but my honesty is righteous. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest with you because I think it's gonna be beneficial to one to you, two to our yeah. dynamic, because if I see something or if I think something and I don't say it to appease your feelings or to like not be rude and then things go sideways, I feel partially responsible because I could have yeah. intervened with just my opinion or whatever. So I'll say- I Job as a friend. Like that's what a real friend is. And, you know, like I, job as a fucking friend. If I watched the ship go down and I knew there was a hole in it, no, no. I got to at least throw a donut out in the water. And then whether you get in it or not is, hey. That's up to you. I threw it out there. It's like, man, I drowned. You didn't have to. There's a flotation thing right in front of you. I'm not going to swim your ass back, but I gave you a flotation device. I did that. So what I've always aimed to be, because I, I actually have a podcast episode called Legacy. Guys, check it out. It's in the back catalog. Uh, <laughs> where we're talking about this very thing. And my legacy, part of what it is, is to break past trends in the family. 
Yeah. Because like my oh, family, because half my family is from the islands. My dad's from Trinidad and Tobago and his whole side of the family is. So they're all foreign people. Then my other side is my mom's side, who's from Florida. And there are some good and bad on both sides, but there's definitely mm-hmm. some things. There's been some, you know, glass ceilings that maybe have been self-induced. Maybe when they came here from the islands, there was the, maybe the world put a glass ceiling on them. I never thought I had one. Even as a kid, even being poor, even being on like food stamps and all that good stuff, I never thought this is where it's going to stop. Yeah. For whatever reason, like it wasn't told to me by any higher person. This is like an internal compass. Like we're going to, I'm going to break out of this and then like try to pull everybody out of it. So like, that's been, that's why I'm in LA now because the opportunity is limitless. Yes. You're competing with the best of the best. Yes. The cost of living is unreasonable, but if you do what you're supposed to do and you make it happen the way it's supposed to happen, your ceiling is wherever you want it to be yeah. <laughs> is, the, is whatever that is. And that's what it takes to bring people with you. Yeah. And so and that's a driving force for what I'm doing. Yeah. I love that. I love all that. I think like I, for what I know of you, that all resonates is true. Um, but like for, and for me, I, I always talk about too. It's like, I think, when I think about those things, my mom used to tell when I was a kid, little baby Sloan, I can't lie. Like I can't, I am incapable of lying. Like if somebody, if there's a surprise party of some kind, I'm like, please don't tell me until I have to know because I get nervous. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. Oh my God, nothing. Like, I, can't, <laughs> I can't lie. It's my whole life. And this like one story is like really short, but my, one time I, my mom and her friend ate at the house when I was mm. little. And then I went upstairs. My mom's like, okay, Sloan, will you do the dishes? And I looked down the stairs. I was like, no. And then I kept walking upstairs. My mom's friend comes over and she was like, Sloan, did you hear what your mom said? She told you to do the dishes. I said, why would I do those dishes? How old were you? And her, it was just Susan. And Susan was, I mean, I was probably like 13. Oh, okay. I thought you were like six. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> Like, why would I do those dishes? And she's like, because your mom asked you to. I was like, but those aren't my dishes. Mm. I did all my dishes. I was like, I don't need to clean up after you guys. And my mom literally goes, Susan, if Sloan says she's not going to do it, there's no way she's going to do it. She's like, I don't care how much we want to punish her, how much you want to yell at her. She's like, because she's explained why she's not going to. And my mom's like, and she's not wrong. She's like, Sloan ate and picked up after herself. We should pick up after ourselves. She's making us do what she did. And I was like, yeah. And my mom's friend was like, oh my God. She's like, I would have spanked my kids for talking back. My mom's like, she's not necessarily talking back. She's explaining herself. And I've given her the space to explain herself. But if Sloan says she's not going to do it, she's not going to do it. And I'm like, yeah. And, and my sister feels the same way. Like my sister's, my sister's much more of like a pushover than I am. Like she's a lot more like easily moved by her surroundings than I, um, and you can put me anywhere and I'm going to do the same shit. So, but my, my mom was always that I was always that way. If I said I was going to do it, I was going to fucking do it. If I said I wasn't going to do it, there's no way that it's, that I'm doing something. You know, I'm like, <laughs> no. Wash your dishes, Susan. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? I'm going to clean up after you, messy ass. 
I know I listen, I commend your mom for giving you that runway to express yourself. I unfortunately did not have such a runway. If I say <laughs> anything remotely resembling that, it will be construed as talking back, which is disrespectful and southern black yeah. culture and all that stuff. There's one to, I told this story before, but not to you. So this is gonna be fun. This isn't this is this was me talking back. There's no reason to do this. I was playing this game. It's probably like an old Nintendo. This is how long yeah. ago. I was maybe six or seven. Getting down. It was Sunday morning for church, right? And my mom was like, hey, uh, go get ready for church. And I said, mom, I'm trying to finish this level. Let me finish this first, and then I'll go. Now, my clothes were already laid out. It only takes me. I'm a six-year-old kid. My hair, I had waves. My hair was already low. I already showered or brushed my teeth. Just had to put the clothes on and walk out. But no one else is ready. So I'm like, if we all go and get ready at the same time, I'll be the first one out. Because I have the least amount of stuff to do. My older brothers, like, they're trying to get all sexy. And my sisters got bows and stuff. I'm just putting this, I'm gone. Yeah. And I was like, mom, I got to play this level. She was like, she's like, put the game down. I was like, one more minute like that. And I don't know how far she was when we started talking. But you heard as soon as, no, no, I didn't hear anything. I felt my shoulder <laughs> get grabbed. And then <laughs> I. I got snatched. Like, like you ever see like those movies where like someone opens a, the hatch of an airplane and then you get snatched yeah. out. I got yeah. air, I got airplane hatched <laughs> and the controller got snatched out. I was like, I flew back. I think I hit the couch and I was like, and she was like, go to the room. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, and, um, was that was it for the talk back. My, I was like, I think I was just, my sister and my mom were raised like mom, like a mom and daughter. So like there was an ultimate level of respect between the two of them. And not that I didn't respect my mom, but we were just more friends. Mm-hmm. But like I was raised very much like my mom. I was very, she was very like free thinking and more, way more experimental with the way that I was raised, which is like very much shown up and how my sister and I are as she's 14 years older than me, uh-huh. but like we like still very much like in our differences, like we love each other so much, but I'm like, I'm like, she says some things sometimes I'm like, are, are you crazy? You know, like she'll even like tell me like, I can't, you shouldn't walk your dog off a leash. Like it's disrespectful that I'm like, why don't you worry about yourself? Mm-hmm. I'll worry about myself. Cause if not like this isn't going to end well, you know, it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> but I, I, the, I can hear the tone of your voice. Where about yours? And then I do my Oh, I Yeah. That's a little sass and that 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 yourself lasted for like three more beats than it should have. And yeah. that's that's all the sass <laughs> What about yours? Yeah. And then me. Yeah. Okay. That's it. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? I appreciate when it. When I when I was in uh high school this is actually pretty funny I was really good in math and science and because I like I like that there's a right or wrong right I love that you know like it's we all are trying to get the same answer how do we get there Mm -hmm. um and so one time I was I was doing really like I set the curve in my math class I wasn't in like AP classes but I because I was like a I didn't have time. So I just did regular classes, but I did really well. And so I finished my homework in class and we had a sub in the room and I went over, I I was listening to my friend's iPod at the time and I walk over, I drop it off, finish my homework. I just walk over, drop it off. And we had a sub and she was like, I need you to stay in your seat. 
And I was like, okay. I was like, and I was like walking back. I was like, okay. And then I sit down and she's like, what were you doing over there? I'm like, I was just dropping off his iPod. She's like, I need you to work on your homework. I said, well, it's done. And anyway, this kind of escalated this like back and forth kept going on. And then she's like, I said, stay in your seat. And then I picked up my chair on my butt and I start parading around the class. And I'm like, yeah, now I'm now I've I've crossed over. I'm just, she's pushed me too far. I'm like, like, and then she comes over and she puts her finger like in my face and she's like, stay and like real close. And I was like, hold on one second. And I go in my bag and I get out my, my gum and I give her a piece of gum and I'm like, here's a piece of gum. Your breath fucking stinks. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Then I, yep. Yes, this is true. Then I, my class, mm -hmm, leave my class, call my mom. And I'm like, this is exactly what happened. This is how I reacted. I'm going to get detention. (laughs) I was like, I'm like, she shouldn't have put her hand that close to my face. I'm like, I shouldn't have done these things. And she was like, thank you for telling me the whole story. She's like, I'll see you at home. And I get home. My mom's like, you, you know, there, for every cause there is an effect. And so you're, you want to handle yourself that way. You're going to have to handle and navigate your detention yourself. She's like, the school is going to punish you enough for your action. She's like, well, you know, like gave me great mom advice. I go to school the next day. My principal's like, Sloan, did you say, here's a piece of gum. Your breath fucking stinks. I was like, yes, ma'am. I did. I said it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was me. Uh, uh, yeah. I approved this message. Mm-hmm. It's me. all all true she's like i have to give you attention i'm ready ready (laughs) but it was like like my childhood like i would call my mom and just be like this happened she's like thank you for telling me the truth you're gonna get what you deserve i was like okay thank you listen i i appreciate your level of defiance to the law and to uh to rules (laughs) and all this kind of stuff i think i was so afraid uh to like like I went to detention, I think two times, and one was for laughing too much in class because I was just being, I was being giggly. I was like, so I was, I was in a, I was in AP classes, and yeah, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. I'm a nerd. Ooh. I'm a nerd. Everybody knows this. People who know me growing up know I'm a nerd. And so we were in probably AP, I think lit or lang. And I'm a writer by trade. That's why jokes come from, right? So I can write easily and can write well, but my brain just works a little differently. And we were supposed to break down a book that we had read, I read, maybe it was like the Scarlet Letter or something to that effect. And I took it and my brain was going to a way different place than I should be going. And it was funny to me because of how the story was playing out. And so I, as I'm writing, I'm laughing because I'm, I'm visualizing this as a movie. Yes. And I couldn't stop it from laughing because it kept getting more and more absurd. It was just kind of like, it got a little ridiculous. I won't go into all the details of it. But my teacher was like, hey, stop laughing. Other students are trying to write. You're breaking their concentration. And I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. And like, <laughs> just doing all those little, like, <laughs> just being stupid. Because yeah. I was like, if they knew, and I got an A on the paper, actually. But if they could see what I was writing and they could see what I was thinking, they would have been laughing, too. But they couldn't. They laugh- yeah. They couldn't get the vibes. And um, it says, if you laugh <laughs> again. Laugh. They couldn't get the vibes. And they said, if you laugh again, you're going to you know, go to detention. And uh, when I got to the end of the story, the climax of the story, basically, it was so ridiculous that 
I I just I busted out and then like I start crying when I start laughing and this is the whole thing and I got detention and yeah. I tried to explain it because you're so imaginative and creative and funny so yeah but it's like still I was disrupted I was disrupted to class that <laughs> was like it doesn't matter do you see how we just viewed that same story yeah you're like I, I see where you're at I, you were doing the right thing and you're like no it's just only because again like I was always a nerd growing up. My, yeah. my, all my siblings are smart. My parents are smart, but they just weren't, they didn't apply it to school as much as I did. So, okay. they, were, so they were smart, but they were like, school was kind of a whatever. I saw mm-hmm. school as a way out. And so I treated school like it was like, I want straight A's. I was a perfectionist. I want, you know, honor roll. I want to be Dean's list, all that good stuff. And so I treated it like it was a job. And I know, you know, I'm, black kid from the south i'm like i know maybe like the way society was when i was 15 16 17 to where it is now is a little different but at the time it's like for me to get where i need to get to i gotta excel past whatever the norm is i gotta yeah. be great while being black i can't be average while being black because then it's gonna be leaving me behind so i'm like i can't drop this because i knew if i want to go to college my parents aren't gonna be able to pay for it i yeah. know that they don't they don't have it it's just gonna be whatever so I had to work enough to get a scholarship, which I eventually did. But at the time, I'm 15, 16. I'm like, if I get detention, if I get written up, if this is on my permanent record, if my SATs are bad, then it's like, hey, mom and dad, can y'all you know, get 10,000 a year to like do? We only make 30,000 a year. We can't spend yeah. a third of our money on you. So it's, I got to do this for me and ultimately to not burden them. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> you just don't agree. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, do like, I hear you, but like, all right, feel me on this one now. <laughs> Weren't you just being expressive? <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. So let's get, let's get to what you do. So I met you as a dancer, which is mostly, that's not all of what you do, but that's a big part of what you do. So yeah. Can you talk to us about, I'm saying us, like the people who are listening, talk to us about your, what drew you to dance and what kind of maintains you there? I know a lot of people start it and then they just kind of get off of it. Like it was a phase, but obviously this is like a lifestyle for you. Yeah. Um, well, I started when I was three. Oh, wow. Oh, I just turned 32. So it's a long time. Carry the one. Um, Started when I was three. My mom was actually my first dance teacher. So dance has like been in my family. So my mom, she was like, she, she just was a dancer when she was younger, not, not professionally, but she danced and then like just went into teaching. And mm-hmm. then when my sister was younger, my sister was same thing. Mom put her in the studio. And then my sister actually went on to become a Phoenix Suns dancer. Oh. Um, back when it was like way more dance and less cheerleading. So it used to be like, they were like really good really great back then like they were bringing awesome choreographers yeah. so sister was a dancer and then then came me and I did I started when I was three and my mom kind of put me in the studio because like that's what she did and it was like free child care <laughs> okay you know, like that, that. like she can be here for free it's like she's active has other friends outside of school whatever and mm. I was I tell people I was really bad like I was a bad dancer and, um, I just loved it. I loved it so much. And, um, then I kind of, I was like, really, I was just athletic. So like 
I had a ton of energy all the time as a kid. And when I was like 14, it was like the first time that I was like, I, I like this a lot. Like I could do this. Yeah. You know, my parents were like, no, you love to argue, be a lawyer, whatever. Sure you can be a yeah. lawyer. <laughs> I would, I would have been an amazing one. Um, but I just kind of was like, no, I want to do this. And they were, I tell people that when I said that it was like kind of brushed to the side, like they didn't really take me seriously. Not that they didn't support me, but they were just like, this will, this will pass. Right. right? Um, and I think because like, it is a really hard, it's a hard lifestyle and I'll talk a little bit more about that, but I think they wanted, because I was the smarter one between me and my sister in terms of school and like grades and academics, I think my parents were like, we need to have a kid that utilizes that because, you know, the family just like dancing. And like, my dad was like a mailman. So like, they're like, no, you can do it. You'll be the one. Um, and I was like, but what if I just dance? (laughs) It's like, I heard you saying that, but here, all right, now just go with me here. What if I don't do any of that? What if I do exactly (laughs) what if I do that? I don't think I'm really good at it all. Yeah. Um, so then I kept doing it and my parents were also super poor. Like my, both my parents were really poor and then they got divorced. And my mom was like real, real, real poor. So when I lived with my mom, I was really hard for dance because dance is very expensive yeah. um, because there's like, not only is there like, you know, in all sports, there's like games and they buy a uniform dance. You buy like seven uniforms per weekend. Oh, you know, wow. it's like, you know, costumes, but they're like, those are hundreds of dollars. And then you oh. pay per dance that you do. You pay to enter each dance. And then you have your monthly dance fees. And then it's a very expensive activity to be a part of. So I turned 16. I was like, I still want to do this. And my mom, like my family cried. They were like, no, like, no. And I was like, I can do it. Like, I can do it. And they set uh, a really like unrealistic list of goals that I had to achieve by the time I was 18. And they were like, you need to win this not, you need to win a national title at some convention. You need to win dancer of the weekend at a few conventions. Um, you need to get your own agent. They're like, we don't want to help you do nothing. And I was like, all right. And I love, like, I love that kind of challenge when people are being like, yeah, well, good luck. I'm like, watch me the challenge accepted yeah i was like great homework things to boxes to check i love a list um so then i spent the next two years just really trying to make that happen i had i was really blessed there was a family at the studio that i went to that they were really well off and they wanted to sponsor a dancer and my studio director was like you need to sponsor sloan like she'll she'll thrive and they came up to me and they're like what conventions do you want to do and i was like all of them like anything, anything you'll help me do, I'll like, I'll, anything you will pay for me to do, I'll go to. Uh, and so I did. And I spent my, the, my junior and senior year just working my fucking ass off. Um, and my parents made me, made me be in a sport in school that I could let her in. So I was doing track and cross country awesome. and during the week and then on the weekends going to do dance conventions and then doing it all over again. And then my senior year, I added cheer or I added palm. So then I got like three letters at the same time that I was doing 
you know, 16 hours of dance a week on top of school, whatever. It's a crazy schedule. Yeah, it was a lot. I was like waking up early and running my practices for track and cross countries. So I could like, I was doing my workouts alone in the morning and then going to school, then going to dance, then doing my homework, then doing it all again at like 5 a.m. Um, but I mean, it kept me out of so much trouble. Oh, yeah. Kept me out of so much trouble. Like my friends would get in so much trouble. And I'm like, I was too busy dancing. Um, <laughs> you want some weed? I have a meet tomorrow. So, yeah. nah. So I can't really. Um, but I did all the things they asked me to do. So my senior year, I like, I crushed it. My senior year, I was like, this is my last chance. And that year, like every convention I went to, I got Dancer of the Weekend, every single one. And then I'm not like a technical dancer. So it's really hard to get like first place because I don't do like tricks. Mm. I'm like a performer. And like I started winning like first place at competitions. And then I won a national title when I was 17. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. It's 15 years too late, but you know what? The applause is still the same. Wow. Um, but that's kind of like where it started. And then I just started soaring. I got into a really good school in New Jersey, um, after I graduated at private school, because my sister lived in New Jersey. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to be close to one. So I got into a private school and I was like, I don't know what I want to go to school for, but I'll try to do both. And so I got to school and I was like, travel I was taking I was doing classes early and then taking a train in New York and then dancing in New York auditioning in New York and I was not getting I was like not getting the jobs I wanted to get after like a few months and then I went to my agent I'm like what is going on like you know no offense I'm like but I'm dancing circles around some of these people that are getting these jobs like talent wise like I'm I'm there and like oh you're short and you're edgy (laughs) <laughs> and because I already had views at the time like I mean obviously not like I do now but I had yeah. a few and they kind of were like oh you're too short and I was really discouraged because I was like those are things that I can't help you right. know if you gave me work on like I'll work on it but I can't grow you know like I was like and I'm like I have tattoos like they're not going to disappear and like my vision for myself is to have two sleeps like I since I was young I was like that's not gonna happen so one day I was in English and I looked around the room and like people were like really into what was going on and I was like I can like remember like what I was wearing where I was in the room and I kind of like took it all in I'm like I'm so good at something else like there's something I'm so good at and that like this is what they want I, I don't want this right um so I walked to my counselor and I was like I'm withdrawing from the university Nice. And I took myself out of school. I didn't talk to anybody. Took myself out of school. Called my parents and they were like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, they're like, what are you going to do? Because like, I had gotten in on a grant. So I like, it was all good. Like I wasn't coming out of their pocket. And I was yeah. like, I'll take care of all the things I need to do for the grant. Like I'll call, handle all that. And they're like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to just train. I was like, I'm going to go to, instead of going to English in the morning, I'm going to get my butt to the city and I'm going to take five classes. I'm going to just dance. That's what I'm going to do. Did And then after like a few months in New York, I was like, you know what? It's not going to come to me. I got to go to it. So then I moved to LA. That's where you met me. Yay. (laughs) 
everyone in LA, like as I was like, I'm gonna live, live I'm gonna live in LA. My family was like, you, um, you can't just walk away when things don't work out. That was like their driving message to me was like, you know, it didn't work out for you in the East Coast. So you're just walking away. You're giving up. And I'm like, no, like I'm going where people are short. I'm going where people are edgy. Like I'm going to put plant myself in a place where I'm going to succeed. Right. And then within six weeks, I had booked Lady Gaga. Mm, and I, I love I, Lady Gaga for the record. Love gang, her. gang. That's, that's the homie. Love and Lady Gaga. she... Like I had boxes in my living room. It was only my second audition. There was 400 girls. They wanted four. And like, I literally was like, I, like, I just moved here. I'm doing like, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And since then I've just had an awesome career with mainly her. Um, but like a lot of other artists and traveled the world. I've done four world tours and. Yeah. I mean, we were supposed to be on another one last year. So yeah, yeah there's that. Um, but I feel, you know, I'm 32, but I've seen the world. And like, I feel like it just makes me want to see it even more. Like, I think once you see some of the things that I've seen, like my heart is like, all I want to do is like RV around Iceland, you know, like these are like, I have big dreams of doing really Iceland's crazy. beautiful. Oh, I just want to be there for so long. Um, but I've recently gotten more into the teaching side of things because I finally feel ready to lead. Mm. And I think it's a lot of experience until you're ready to lead. And unfortunately, in my industry, people just jump into it because if they don't make it as a dancer, they try to make it as a teacher. Right. There's a lot of money in dance if you're good at it. Um, I just started to feel ready. And now I teach on a big convention. I teach like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids on the weekends. And I'm so happy and like fulfilled. And it's taken me a long time to get here. So like when things like that happen, I'm like, I fucking deserve it. Let me, um, let me ask you something. This is, yeah. I was thinking this earlier. After you started getting success, right? There was some resistance from the, fan, the parents, from your support group about you just walking away and being kind of fickle and flaky. Then you got success. Did you ever feel the need to be petty and be like, oh, I guess I'm walking to another stage with Gaga because y'all say I just walk away. Or was it just like, I'm just going to keep shining and they'll come around eventually? I haven't. I don't talk to my dad. So my dad and I, like, we severed ties, like, probably, like, four years ago, five years ago. He was a huge alcoholic, like, my whole life. Um played a really big part in like a lot of like relationships that I like got involved with and like shitty things like that. Um, and he was like, never on my side about it. Didn't understand it. It was like, always like, what are you going to do dance? You know? And it was never petty for me with him. Um, what pissed me off is that when I did get success in any way, and like, I still feel like obviously like, I don't feel like successful. I there's always new goals. So like for me to be like when I reach success, like I don't really think you ever like reach it. Um, but when I started to have some sort of like proof that like I was on the right path and I was happy doing what I love to do, I started to feel like a trophy to him. Oh. And he's like, oh, "What are you on?" He's like, "Oh, me and my friends watched you last night at the bar." Oh, and I'm, I'm like supporting you. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you're showing now. You're sh I'm just like. 
you know, like we don't, him and I don't have a relationship at all. So to your friends, you're just like, you know, I wish you would call me to see how I was doing and how I felt after, but instead you just call to be like, what channel are you on? And I'm like, oh, how convenient that my success, now you get to boast about it when you had nothing to do with it. But I don't think I ever felt petty. I think, I think I, my pride, um, like how proud I was of myself mm-hmm. took over the pettiness. I didn't have room for it. I was so filled with like pride for myself. Gratitude, I'm sure. Yeah, but I'm sure I can see for sure how that can happen. Like that's a very understandable feeling to be like, yeah, well, you don't want me to be here. Watch me, you know? Yeah. You didn't believe in me. I'm like, oh, it's sad that you didn't believe in me, but I don't have time to give you that. Like everybody else does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because like you, I'm asking that because one, that's kind of like Gaga's story in A Star is Born. Her dad was kind of like that, actually. Yeah. And I know that I know that's not where we were going with that, but it just kind of hit me. But I I haven't had the resistance, I don't think, in my journey as you have, because I finished school, I guess. So they're like, all right, well, at least he did that. But my degree is in marketing and interpersonal communication, which I'm obviously not. I mean, I market myself, but so does anyone yeah. who has a skill. So do you need to go to school? <laughs> anyone who's like, hey, I have a product. You got to market the product. How do you sell it? So I guess <laughs> it's not really like as applicable in that regard. But I, when I moved out here, there was a lot of, we don't have any, fa- I don't have any family in California. Yeah. So just like, why are you moving to California? There's nobody there. All my family's in Florida. I have a couple of people in Tennessee, but they're mostly in Florida. And I was like, why well, are you leaving us behind to do what? To like to be on TV, to be a star and that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, but they don't get the vision because they don't have the foresight. Yeah. And like you planning yourself here to achieve your thing. I was doing well in Miami, but it wasn't, I was capped. I feel yeah. like I was being capped. And I said, well, I can't stay here capped, even though that would be nice for everyone else. I'd rather struggle in LA than be comfortable in Miami. And yeah, it's just now, like I've had a couple little things where like I did like a game show or something. I've been extra in a couple little things. They've seen me around like, yo, did mm-hmm. I see you with so-and-so? And it's like, yeah, but it's not anything that can be like, yo, I'm on a billboard. We're not at that level yet. But yeah, yeah. It's been little victories and it's like, hey, you know, we told everyone that you met, you know, Snoop Dogg. And it's like, yeah, yeah, he's cool. And it's like, oh man, tell us. And it's like, they want those like campsite stories. But yeah. that never happens if you don't leave to come out here. And so exactly. I don't think I'm going to be petty when things really pop off. Really, I, I think I'll just be more actualized. Yeah. That's where that's, where, that's the idea. I haven't, I'm not as successful in what I'm doing as you are and what you're doing. So I don't know yet, but my belief is that when I get there, it'll be like when you were three and four years old thinking you didn't have a ceiling to what you could become. And now you're blowing past expectations. That's just really fulfilling your own destiny more than it is to all the naysayers. Yeah. And I also, I also feel like I'm so like head in the game about like when I'm on set, like I'm, like not I'm unaffected by like who it's for what scale it's on like I just do the best I can mm-hmm. I think you froze did you hear me I can hear you yeah I just do the best I can okay I just do the best I can no matter where I'm at no matter who it's for and that's my job right. like I happen 
to be really passionate about it and love it so much. But like, that's my job. And I'm really good at my job. And, you know, people when they're like, what's it like, you know, whatever. And then like, I'm like, oh, it's really good. And then I'm like, how, how are you at your job? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And like, it's, yeah. it's pretty simple for me. There's not like a, I'm not like chasing the fame. I'm not like chasing, like, you know, it's like, I feel weird when I name drop, like, I'm like, because to me, it's like, I just, I just, I danced, I danced there and then I danced there and then I danced there and yeah. I just did my best at all those things. And then I just did so well there that it brought me another really great opportunity that happened to be still dancing. <laughs> but I, it's really a job and why it really frustrates me when people aren't good at their jobs. Oh yeah. People don't, yeah. It like frustrates me because I always, I mean, Ryan hears me say all the time, like I'm so good at my job. I work so hard at my job. I don't care what your job is. I don't care. We like, I don't care what your job is. I feel everybody is so equal in my brain and in like the way that I operate. And like, as long as you do your job to the best of your ability with the most integrity and like, that's all I care about. Right. Like I was at the airport the other day and this, this fucking sweet angel girl, she was like at the register and there was like this massive line of people and she was by herself and she was just going, going, going. And then like, I got to her, she's like, hi, how are you? And she's like, had a smile. I'm like, ma'am, you are so good at your job. And she literally was like, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm like, I have seen you smile at everyone in the line. I'm like, and I don't know if anybody's going to tell you today. I'm like, you are so good at your job. We appreciate the speed in which you're working. Thank you so much. She literally started tearing up and she's like, thank you so much. Like, I'm like, yeah, I can't do your job. She wants to you know, but I think like, that's, that, that's it for me. It's like head in the game. And, and I think that's why Gaga liked me. Like in the beginning, she was so, she'd been so bullied by girls and had a really hard time bringing girls onto set for bad romance. It was like all girls. And it was her first time doing a video with just females in the room. And like, I didn't care where, like she would come on and I was just like going over my moves and then she came up to me, she's like, I like you. And I was like, thanks. It's like, I like me too. <laughs> and then I just like got back to work, you know? And then there was like another time when she came in the room and like, we, it had been a while since we saw her. And I was just like working through something else. And it was right after that movie, uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Great movie with uh, Rooney Mara. Yeah. yeah. So I was like just sitting on the couch and like everyone that was new had like run to her and was like, you know, fame struck you're like ah. I'm like whatever <laughs> what they want to do they again what they do yeah. <laughs> just like a bunch of yes then you know like yeah. just being like oh you're beautiful you're perfect you're great you're all these things and I was like on my phone and she's like look at Sloan over there not giving a fuck that I'm in this room <laughs> and I was like I'm ready to dance when you are <laughs> and it was just like and she was like you're the most girl with a dragon tattoo person I've ever met and then she walked away and I go she's gonna dye my hair black and bleach my eyebrows I'm like that's the look for that's gonna be my look for this tour the next day they come over they're like would you uh bleach your eyebrows for the tour and I'm like and let me guess dye my hair black and they were like yeah that's what she saw for you I'm like yeah I knew this was coming mm, I'll do it game but yeah. And I just like, just head in the game. I think that's like so important for me is to not get caught up in like 
who it's for, you know, like it's not me dancing for Lady Gaga. I'm like, I'm dancing. And that's what my dream was. My dream was to dance. It wasn't to dance for someone. It's just, just want to move my body and make people excited about, make people feel something, you know, whether it's joy, whether it's sadness, I like love to entertain people. I think as long as you're intent and I had a uh, artist on recently and we're talking about the impact of the work and Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm in the comedy slash kind of actor field, but like not really though, but like a little bit, Uh, (laughs) mostly in the comedy field, but eventually it's going to go into acting and how your material is received and how that's, I think that's early on. That's what, cripples people because if you're not liked initially then you almost think what you're doing is invaluable yeah people don't like it but it may not they just may not feel you yet and that may not just be the right audience for you it also may be that you're not very good so they don't like it yeah. because they respect good if i've seen amazing dancers and you're like a noob i'm like ah oh, they've messed that move up if I, if I if i just watch bill burr do comedy and some guy's like hey what's the deal with airline food i'm like oh that was a rough one like i'm not yeah. gonna I'm not going to appreciate you because I just saw a, like, the, like a, a legend do it. But at a certain point, you do what you do as well as you can. And then the results come as they come. Yeah. As long as you're putting the right work and right energy forward, then you can live with all of that because you and did every, it the right way. And every great person, anybody that anybody looks up to in anything, in any way, has had their first day. They've all had their first day and everyone forgets it. And people fear the hard work. They feel the duration of the hard work. They fear how far away dreams seem, how impossible they seem. I'm like, the person that you admire had their first day. It And as like, unless it's a physically, like physically tasking job, yeah. like if you're with it and like your brain is there, I'm like, it's never too late to start something new. Like you can fucking do it. And like, I listened to this podcast and this girl, she literally was like talking, talking about this woman who was, she was interviewing and she's like, Oh, what did you want to do? And this girl's like, Oh, well, I wanted to get my bachelor's in what something. And she's like, but I'd be 45 by the time I was done. And the girl with the, the leader of the podcast or the writer of the podcast goes, um, I hate to break it to you, but you're going to be 45 regardless. Mm. And you're either going to be 45 with that, or you're going to be 45 without that. Yep. You know, and I'm like, oh my God. Cause sometimes to be honest, like sometimes I, I'm such a dreamer. Like I have so many dreams and I get overwhelmed by them. And I get so overwhelmed by all the things that I want to do that I don't take any first steps for those things because I'm so overwhelmed, not because I lack the drive, the motivation, but because I'm like, I don't even know which one I want to want to do first. Right. So I just spend the day like looking at all the things that I could do. And then I don't actually do anything. And I'm like, I need to to stop doing that because I have time to do them all and I can do them all. And I need to just take one at a time and make my checklist of all the things I want to do. But I think it's really important. I tell all my kids whenever they're like, I don't know how to do ballroom and I want to do ballroom. I'm like, well, first step in learning ballroom is to take ballroom. That's it. Where it starts. My boyfriend does handstands. He's an insane handstand guy. He does like insane calisthenics. And everybody asks me, like, how do you get good at handstands? He's like, you do handstands. Yeah. That's how you get good. And you fall a million times. 
but it's amazing that- how it's amazing how simple things are. Like, so I get into this social media discussion with people all the time about I can't believe the world is X, Y, and Z. This is a common conversation, especially last year, being as political as it was, COVID stuff, everything else that happened, people dying. It's I can't yeah. believe the world is X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I always tell people, I don't think most things matter remotely as much as we think they do. I really think it's mostly the outlets trying to sell us on sensationalism because they get paid for views. And yeah. it's people, you know, catastrophizing something that happened or trying to plan tragedies forward. Like if this keeps going for the next four weeks, then this is going to happen. It's like, yeah, but what's happening right now? Let's live in a moment. What's happening today? Most and of also, stuff, yeah. what if it does? That's the thing. You don't know what it's going to be. You're assuming it's going to be this way. It's going to be this tragedy. And now you're being worked up about a future tragedy that's not happening currently. So now your current yep. reality is negatively affected by what you think is going to come down the line. But if you yep. really think about it, most things are pretty straightforward. Like as much as the golden rule, you talked about cheesy sayings earlier, the golden rule still holds true. Treat people like you want to be treated. That's not complicated. If you want to learn a new craft, there's unlimited resources to do that. If I want, like, I'm not a good singer. That's not my gift, whatever. But if I wanted to betray my voice, there's voice coaches, videos, yeah. tutorials. I can train my voice to be better than it is if I decide that's what I want. If I want to learn a piano, you can do that. It may be slow. You may have to learn yeah. what the keys are, like, like how, what's the fingering pattern, what have you. But you can do anything you want to do within reason. Now you can, I don't know if you can yeah. go to Mars, but you can do anything you want to do within reason, but it's all a series of steps. And it's about being consistent in those steps. And if you do yeah. that, you will always get better at whatever the craft is. You may never be a classically trained Juilliard pianist, but you can play minuet yeah. without looking at the sheet music and be like, oh, I can do this. And that's still you playing the piano. So small steps daily, continuously, that's how you get better at stuff. Say it, preach it. I'm listen. I'm, I'm, I'm out here dropping. I'm, I'm, I'm getting myself snaps. You just, you didn't give me any. That's cool. I'm big myself up. <laughs> you didn't want to give me no love. I gave you all types of snaps. You was like, I'm slow. I'm like, I'm over here dropping nuggets. And you're like, that's good. That's good. That's um, good. Letting it in. That's good work you just did. It's like, big me up. <laughs> but anywho, um, we're gonna start winding down. Is there anything yeah. that you want to leave? as far as uh, parting wisdoms, knowledge, or if you have one more cool little story for the people that we can enjoy. One more cool little story. I'll tell my most embarrassing dance story so it ends on a funny mm-hmm. note. All right. It's a- so I'm in Guadalajara, Mexico, and we are doing a um, outside stadium show. So there is 80,000 people. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's not as like a huge field. It's insane. And um, it starts to rain. And she is like, no matter what, mama goes on. Unless she's sick, mama goes on. Sometimes we're late, show still goes on. It's pouring rain. She's like, oh, we're going. We're like, uh-huh, yeah, we are. So we're on this, uh, we're on the stage and I'm on the far right of this line 
and we have an eight, like an account to get to a new formation. And in the new formation, I have to, there's three little stairs and we kind of all stack around her. I'm at the bottom. So I have to go from the far right. I've traveled the farthest to get all the way in front. We are barefoot and it is pouring rain and the stage is so slippery. And when you watch the video from before, you see like no one's really moving their feet when we're dancing even before. Now I'm supposed to travel super fast in this rain. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I like start to, and I'm like, I have to get in front of her. So I'm not even just like, it's not even a dancer is holding back. It's like me beating her. And she has a real short distance to go. So I'm like, okay. So I start walking. Next thing I know, I slip on the first step. My body goes parallel, like flies. Oh, you fly. have a plane almost. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Then my back hits the second stair and my head hits the stage. Like, Gah-gah. yeah. Then I, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. I stand up and I'm like, Duh. and I have a little, little like mini, like, whoa, slip. Yeah. And then I, the one. So I'm like, five, six, seven, eight, one. Like, it happens so fast. I was like, I mean, my whole, everything was like, what's going on? 80,000 people. We have to like finish this dance. And then it was the first time we were going to do a new number. So I finished this dance. We're at the end of the runway. I'm in the middle of a crowd. I'm seeing actual stars. And then I have to do a dance that we've never done live before. And I literally like can remember looking at our dance captain and him looking like he's in slow motion. Like, are you okay? You know, and I'm like, we go off stage and like, I mean, the whole team, who like somebody had seen it. So like paramedics are like coming over and they take me to the hospital in Guadalajara. They need to like do, they need x-rays, whatever, because I'm obviously now I slipped on their stage. Like it's their liability. Right. And I'm like, okay. And I don't know any Spanish at all. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> um, explore. I get you, get you a couple words. Yeah. And like, I can't even think what's the word for shoes um sapatos okay so i knew sapatos at the time so i'm in the hospital and they're doing all these x-rays and i remember like everybody speaking spanish we had a translator and all i knew was shoes and i'm like fully drugged up and i the whole time like what's she saying what's she saying and then i was barefoot for my x-rays or whatever and then i was like donde zapatos (laughs) <laughs> don't like that's all i'm saying like i'm not making any sense and the girl comes over and she spoke english the girl who i thought didn't speak english she's like ma'am i speak english i was like i'm so sorry i'm sorry i was like it's the only word i know that's it that's it and so i had a major concussion my whole back was like black from being bruised it was honestly insane but um there was a uh uh, oh my god an Instagram page that came out like a few years ago and it was called booked and blessed and it was like to this day like no one knows who was like running it and it would just rip on like really funny things that happened or like classes that happened being like who the fuck is in this class <laughs> whatever and then one time they put my video up of me falling and the convention that I had won nationals for when I was younger was called the pulse and the caption was, when the pulse doesn't teach you how to dance in the rain. Ooh, that's a good caption. It was a good caption. There's a touche. They, they killed it. Yeah. Um, but the all the responses, like hundreds and hundreds of responses was like, 
that recovery was amazing. She killed it. What a professional. I can't believe she's alive. Like all these things, they're all so nice. So at first, like my ex was like, hey, you're on Booked and Blessed. I was like, shut up. <laughs> and he's like, because he was like, he was like the page you didn't want to be on. Right. And on it. And then I was like, but these comments, he's like, these are the nicest comments. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm so happy that my community sees me like this. But anyway, I did in front of 80,000 people and then had to keep dancing. And I don't remember anything. <laughs> Listen, the show went on. That's, I think that's the most Sloan story you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I was disoriented and God, I've been, I've been concussed before. I know what it's like to have a concussion from football stuff and you are out. I was like, <laughs> you are like, day, day. Yeah. like you are out yeah. of it. Those yeah. For hours seeing stars like the light is hitting you differently you're like what is what is this yeah you to do that and to finish the number boss move. Yeah. that's a boss move oh we can, sorry going back to the snaps my bad my god my bad i just feel like it's gotta keep a theme i mean but let's be fair i also applauded you earlier though okay well then this is for you i think it's about time you know i really feel like i deserve this one you know i didn't ooh, 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 ooh. chris 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 Okay, that's enough. <laughs> so I haven't ended up on that site, but um, I think I may end up there at some point. There was one play in football that if they ever find a footage of it, it's me getting laid out and me just being on the ground, like in the fetal position. And I was just like, eh, eh. <laughs> like yeah. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you I cried. I didn't cry. I did think real hard about crying though. Yeah, you made like, it. it was like, out. I was like, this hurts so much. It hurts so much. And I tried not, I tried to walk off the field like triumphantly, like my chest up. I was bent. I look like a number seven. I walked off bent so hard to the side. It it hurt. Like, I got hit legit and like so uh pads for football basically cover your sternum and up. But there's a little yeah. space between your sternum and like your hip bone. There's like, maybe yeah. like six inches or whatever. And I got hit there. Full power, blindsided. Yeah. So I'm running. And I didn't see the person. They just just jumped into my side, and it hit, and it was just it knocked me off my feet. It was no. all the area that was not protected, and I was just like, ah, ah, <laughs> it hurts so much. And when it happened, I heard a crowd say, oh, because <laughs> again, when you see someone get blindsided, they normally get they do the little whiplash kind of thing. And oh my god, it was so bad. Have you ever seen the YouTube clip of the grape lady? Oh, the, oh, 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 yeah. Like, oh, I can't breathe, oh, oh, uh. The funniest part like of that video can... is the um, the anchors being like, oh, oh, oh. That's, no, like, that's, oh, 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 oh. I hope it's that's, okay. Wow, wow. They were so phony in that moment. <laughs> little, oh, 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 wow. Okay, two and a half seven for uh, more news. <laughs> that lady almost died in that. Anyway, that's a good way to end this because we talk about this random great lady, your story, my story. Thank you guys for tuning in. To the Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Sloan, for being on. We can uh, chat in a second. We're going to just stop the recording. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been amazing. Happy to have you on. Again, every Wednesday, we're giving you pods. That's how we're doing it. Check us out next week, and we'll see you next time. Deuces. <laughs>